Welcome to This is 65, an interview show featuring inspiring stories from accomplished professionals. I am your host, Erin Ackenheil, and this is brought to you by Blackpoint Insurance, where we help Medicare beneficiaries learn about the A, B, C's, and D's of Medicare, and we help agents and brokers nationwide learn to launch, grow, and retain their businesses. Let's get this show started. Hello, and welcome to This is 65. My name is Erin Ackenheil, and I am the owner of Blackpoint Insurance, and I am so excited today to introduce my guest, Peggy Wolf. Uh, Peggy is amazing. Uh, she is what we call a career search coach. She helps people. Um, she works currently for Lee Hecht Harrison. It's a company, a career search company, and she helps people really find their dream career, whether it's helping them build, build a resume, making the right connections, as Peggy would self-describe herself, connecting the dots amongst individuals. Uh, Peggy is amazing, and she has helped so many people find that right career match, whether it's something new, an encore career, or just finding something that gives them their passion. And I am so excited to bring Peggy on board today uh, to help share her amazing information with you. So Peggy, welcome. Well, thank you, and I appreciate being here. Well, you know, Peggy, we have become friends through this process, you know, gotten to know each other. And, you know, a lot of people really haven't met you. And I feel like everybody should. You're a person that you want to be connected with. And just tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into this helping people find their dream career business? You know, it's funny. I started my career in a bunch of different places. Uh, where I landed later in my career was doing organizational and internal communications, helping people connect to the right information at the right time. And naturally, through my entire career, I have always helped people with their resumes on how to, what are their next steps. That's just something I've done as part of my DNA. When I left the corporate world, my encore career was doing this career coaching. So I've been working for Lee Heck Harrison for about four years now, helping mostly people that have been displaced because of layoffs. You know, how do you brand yourself? How do you position yourself? How do you find that next great step for yourself? Yeah, you know, it's funny, Peggy. I just feel like, um, you know, how in life you actually end up doing the career that you're meant to do, right? You end up along the way, even though that's not formally what it is. And now you're finally formally doing what you were always meant to do. So I think that's pretty amazing. So tell everybody why California? How did you end up here? You're not a California native. How did you end up in California? I started my life in Chicago and was in my first job out of college. And in 1979, Chicago had, if I can say this on air, the winter from hell. <laughs> uh, there was 90 inches of snow. And in my first job out of college, I was going to customer sites all the time. And I was just done asking customers to help push my car out of a parking place. Oh my goodness. So, so you were like, next stop, someplace that's moderate temperatures all year round. I'm going to California. <laughs> Two of my sisters had already moved out here and it just was time. And so I'm I've been here for over 40 years. Wow. That is unbelievable. Well, I mean, you've just had a successful career. You have so many friends. You've personally connected me to so many people. Um, I just feel like the definition of Peggy as connect the dots is huge, right? And you can just help so many people who are listening to find the next career move. 
I just want to mention we are um, on live on Facebook. People are asking questions. I just saw Brittany say 90 inches of snow. She's losing it over there. Can't imagine a life with all that. She's in Texas, so she's definitely not seeing that kind of snow. Um, but we're so glad to have you on, Peggy. Now, one of the things that I always hear from you is the importance, no matter what somebody's going after, is the importance of having a plan related to their career. And so when you talk about a plan, what are the key components? What are the elements of a plan for finding the right next career move? Part of it is to think about what do you want your next move to be? Are you retiring and sitting on your couch eating bonbons is probably not what you want to do. <laughs> so if you're retiring, what are you going to do with your time? If you're looking for a new job, what industries appeal to you? What kinds of roles are you interested in doing and are you qualified to do? If you're pivoting your career what do you want to pivot to and how do you need to go from A to B to C? Um, if you're looking for doing part-time, doing what? What are your income requirements? All those kinds of things. You know, are you going to do consulting? Do you want to do gig work or project work? So you kind of have to, you know, how do I put this? I worked for a boss many years ago. Her phrase was, if you don't know where you want to go, any path will lead you there. I want you to be on a path. Right. And so you've got to kind of have an idea of where you want to go. And then you build your plan around that. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I think so many times we don't even take the time to actually think about what we want. And so things just sort of happen to us. And so hopefully it happens to us in a way that we like and we find satisfying. But more often than not, I run into people who are not necessarily satisfied. They're not on the path that they wanted to be on. It was just the path based on circumstances, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I often talk to my daughter about this and she's like, well, why did you never do this, that, and the other? And it's like, I don't know. You know, I had you and I got started. And now I find myself even at a place where I'm finally doing things that are more fulfilling, right? You know, so doing this show, meeting interesting people, having my own business, helping people develop. I've finally gotten to that place where I just feel so good about what I'm doing and what I'm putting out there and having actual fun with it. So um, I feel like so many people are stagnant and don't really know how to take that next step. Or they just, like you said, based on circumstances, oh, I saw this job posting at Long Sun's interesting. maybe I'll look at it. Right. As opposed to being deliberate and, you know, the way that I put it to many of my clients is how do you get proactive in your search versus reactive. Exactly. I think that's such good advice. And, you know, in the end, it's just going to lead to so much more satisfaction and happiness, right? So, you know, when we yeah. think about it, you know, I feel like most of us think of going for a job search as putting out a resume, you know, getting, you know, get your resume out to as many places as possible. But I know there's different components or foundational elements that go to figuring out how to do your job search. Can you kind of walk us through that and how we yeah. would get started? There's actually four key elements of starting your plan, your foundational stuff. One is your elevator pitch. When somebody says, hey, Erin, tell me about yourself. How do you tell your story in a way that's compelling and people are interested in listening to it? And you don't want to just regurgitate your resume. They can read. Right. You've got to assume people will read your resume or at least glance at it. So you want to <laughs> tell your story in a way that's compelling and interesting. It's also your 
exit statement. Why are you looking for a job, especially if you're looking for a new job or a pivot job as opposed to a retirement or part-time or consulting, but why are you looking? Right. And that's something you've got to be able to answer. And it's short and sweet. It's very are, are concise. Are there any, any no-nos to the why you're looking piece? I yeah. Don't <laughs> throw your former employer under the bus. Okay. Gotcha. Positive. I'm looking to advance my career. Um, there was a change in direction at XYZ company. And as a result, my job along with thousands of others was eliminated. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, by the way. But, you know, it, but if you say, oh, my old boss was horrible and I'd never work for them again, that one you want to stay away from. Right. Well, everybody puts themselves in the shoes of who you're talking about. It's like, uh oh, what's going to happen when I have a bad day? <laughs> you know, they yeah. want to make sure they're getting people that make sense for the organization. So absolutely. You know, and so the, the other core elements, by the way, is your resume or a bio and your LinkedIn page, your LinkedIn page, whether you're looking for those volunteer opportunities, you're looking for a new career, you're looking for a board position those LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a very, very powerful tool. Well, do you think the old fashioned resume is getting antiquated and it's more like just updating your LinkedIn and sending that link or what? No, the it's the combination of the two. You need both. Okay. Um, when, if you're applying for jobs, your resume, if you're just applying online, your resume is going into something called an applicant tracking system where the applicant tracking system is basically oftentimes, not 100%, but oftentimes looking at artificial intelligence to match the keywords in the job description to the keywords in your resume. So you want to customize your resume to the job. Our research has shown that about 70, 70% of jobs are found through a connection, a contact. Wow. And probably 15 to 20% of the jobs are found through just applying online. So, you know, you kind of want to apply that 80-20 principle, spend 80% of your time on your connections and 20% just applying online. Is there a strategy around making connections through LinkedIn, you know, in terms of, Absolutely. you know, what's the right opportunities? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I feel like a lot of my listeners are on LinkedIn and probably could leverage it better. Yeah. If you're, if you're trying to connect with somebody on LinkedIn and you don't know them, I strongly recommend including a note as to why you want to connect. And so you know, if where I'm, did you hear this person? What is it in for what's in it for you and what's in it for them? Right. No, that's really good. So say, for example, I'm kind of, I've heard good things about your company, right? And I want to work with you and I want to be a part of it. Is there kind of a recommended way we would phrase something like that? If I'm new to it, what would I say? Well, you know, I've heard about your company and I'd like to learn a little bit about it, more about it. Can you spend 10 minutes with me on the phone? That's a great Don't ask question. for a lot. Make right. it incremental. Or, hey, I saw this great article. I know you're in XYZ industry and I saw this great article. Are you aware of it? Give something back in that interaction. Right. Try to make that a very much of a two-way street. One thing to keep in mind is if you're looking for a job and you're calling on people who are already working, they're busy. And right. so, you know, sometimes you're going to get a response and sometimes you're not. And right. it's okay. You know, you're never going to hit 100%, but you're also never going to connect if you don't try. 
Right. Well, even the greats, like I always think of sports when I think of this, like the best basketball players shoot like 50%, you know, kind of thing. So if you put it in that perspective, right, it's going to take a lot of at bat, so to speak, to, to get where you need to go. I'm a big hockey fan. And <laughs> Wayne Gretzky has a famous quote that says you're going to miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's so true, right? So I, I definitely agree with you. Now, I'm kind of thinking about speaking of taking shots, right? You know, uh -huh. one of the things that I feel like people don't think about is sort of this opportunity to market themselves, like the idea of a marketing plan about yourself. I think people just don't think of that, right? We think of marketing a product or marketing a service, but what are the components of marketing yourself when you're in the yeah. job search? Before, before we do that, Erin, let me go back to resume for a little bit. Okay. You want to customize your resume to the role so that you're hitting on those keywords that we're talking about with the applicant tracking systems. I can't emphasize this one enough. Spelling and grammar count. Right. Check for typos. Check for grammatical errors because that can knock you out of the running for an opportunity. Wow. Um, you know, you can think about community involvement. You want your linked your resume to be more third person where your LinkedIn page is more personal. You can tell a story. You can show some of your character and personality. Right. So when you look at your LinkedIn about statement, and I'm going to come back to the marketing plan because this starts to tie together. When you look at your LinkedIn about statement, tell a story, do it in first person and tell me why are you, what are you passionate about? What is it that, how have you then applied that passion in your career and what's your superpower? So when I started at LHH, my boss at the time looked at my LinkedIn profile, which was probably mm, pretty close to what most people have out there. It was uh -huh. awful. He said, Peggy, this is horrible. You need to fix it. And he wasn't wrong. Right. Um, and I probably rewrote it 15 times, kind of going through the chronology of my career going, oh God, I'm bored listening to it. I can't imagine what anybody else is going to feel. And when I stepped back and said, what's the common thread behind what I do? What am I passionate about? Why do I do the things that I do connecting the dots? The rest of the story started to flow and it felt far more natural and authentic to me. So your LinkedIn profile can tell a story. I challenge everybody that's listening, just Google great LinkedIn profiles. And there's a couple of awesome articles actually published by LinkedIn with some examples of some great LinkedIn profiles. That's so helpful. I'm going to do that right after we talk. So what did you say? You said just type, great in link, type in great LinkedIn profiles and it will take you to a couple of articles that are awesome. Wow. So Peggy, of course, I'm going to want to know about that marketing plan, but I have to pause and say, what is your superpower? Connecting the dots. Connecting the dots. I love it. So perfect. Absolutely. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking mine is enthusiasm. I don't know, but I have to think that over. <laughs> Yours, and, and you got to think about what's your superpower that's unique to you. You know, you know, right. oh, I pay attention to details. Great. You and 47,000 other people. Right. So you want to think about what's your uniqueness. Right. So Aaron, yours is enthusiasm and energy and true passion for what you do in helping people. Wow. Well, Peggy, I'm going to have to have you going out there and help them market me. So, <laughs> so what's the step? what are those steps to marketing? So ourselves? The mar yeah, your marketing plan, the product you're now marketing is you. So you want to start thinking about what's your objective? You know, what path do you want to be on? And then 
put in your positioning statement, you know, your LinkedIn about statement or the top portion of your resume. And then think about what are your core competencies? What are the things that are transferable skills that you could put into the jobs that you want to do? And then also looking at maybe, especially if you're trying to do a career pivot, what are your gaps? What are the things you need to start to learn in order to do that pivot into a different career or a different volunteer opportunity? Right. Then I want you to think about geographically, where do you want to work? So many of us are in the Bay Area. I'm in the East Bay. If I had to commute down to San Jose every day, that's not, that's a, that's a showstopper for me. Exactly. Um, so be specific. You know, if you want to do something that's remote, tell yourself that, put that in your head. If you live in San Francisco and you're willing to commute to the South Bay, that's great. But I'm not, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not. So be very specific about geographically, if you have to go into the office, where are you willing to commute to? Right. And this also applies if you're looking to move. You know, where are you targeting? Right. Then I want you to think about what industries appeal to you. And you can say, oh, I could do my job anywhere. That's true. You probably could. What industries appeal to you? If you had your preference on what industries you want to work in, what would they be? Do you want to work in healthcare? Do you want to work in high tech? Do you want to work for an animal shelter? Right. Be deliberate and specific. Now, this doesn't mean you're not going to apply to things that you see out there on LinkedIn jobs or other places, but these are the ones that you're targeting. Right. Then think about the culture and the size of the organization that oh, appeal to you. Do you like the big company environment? Do you like the little guys? Do you like the, you know, the mama there bear, the papa bear, and the baby bear? <laughs> but be again, very specific. And once you know those things, make a list of the companies you want to target. Identify who they are. Try to find content. Now we're going to come back around to this whole networking thing in your elevator pitch. Try to find um, people within those companies that you want to connect with. Right. What do you want to connect with them about? How, what can you offer them as well as what can they offer you? Right. Um, follow those companies on LinkedIn, engage with their brand, share their posts, comment on their posts, like their posts. I will guarantee you 100%. If you are targeting to work for Workday, if you aren't following them on LinkedIn, they might reach out to you. They might not. Right. If you are your, your chances of their recruiters understanding that you're watching and following them and commenting and engaged your chances of having a connection there go way up. Right. You're demonstrating your interest really. So, you know, one of the things I have Peggy, like a lot of times people will have their resume. It's everything they've ever done and they don't really have an easy time making their skills translatable. Like, oh, I was on the phones here. Like, how is that going to relate to a totally new business and industry? Can you give an example of how to make a skill transferable, how to explain a history and make that a transferable skill? Absolutely. So two things on resumes, don't go back more than about 15 or 20 years. <laughs> okay. Because frankly, if you don't think there's ageism in the workplace, you're wrong. There is. Okay. Um, and what you did as a store clerk at Safeway 
is probably not relevant to what you want to do as a career coach. Right. So think about relevance to the jobs you're looking for. That being said, as you start to articulate the bullets on your resume, always try to lead with impact. Don't just provide a laundry list of all the things you've ever known, wanted to know about Aaron, but were afraid to ask. Think about the impact of what you did. So if the impact of what you did as this store clerk at Safeway was engaged with customers and help drive customer satisfaction, and you did that by doing X. So improved, increased, think about those action verbs. Right. Lead with impact and then how you did that. Right. No, that's such, that's such good advice. And I just feel like, I feel like when people in the job, job search, there's a lot of like spray and pray, right? You know, I'm looking for a job and I need something and I, I may not have the, the, the luxury, right. Of, you know, shopping around for my, you know, encore career or this type of thing. And so I guess what I wanted to kind of understand a little better, or I think the audience would like to hear is what are the research components? You know, you talked about making a list of companies you want to work for, but how do you take it a step further uh, to really find those right roles? Um, so as you start to develop this list of companies and as you look at it, you're going to see companies that are related to that industry or tangential to that industry. And those all become interesting targets too. look at them on LinkedIn look at their company page, look at their careers page, look at them on Glassdoor. Glassdoor is kind of like Yelp, but for the job world. And take it with a little grain of salt because you know, just like Yelp, you're gonna get the people that are really happy and the people that are really pissed off. Right. Somewhere you don't get in between. But people do oftentimes provide feedback on what the company culture is like what the interview process is like, do they approve of their senior leadership? Good research points. Look right. at the company's um, annual report. There's huge amounts of information on that. As I, When I was a hiring manager, I got more information about what questions people asked me versus what they answered for me. So think about the really intelligent questions you want to ask. You know, one of the things, you know, what keeps you up at night? In other words, what can I help you solve? Right. Create that conversation, right. but really do your homework. Right. I feel like that's good advice to ask the right questions. I feel like when I was an interviewing manager that always was intrigued with what people would come up with. A lot of times they would say they have absolutely no questions, like nothing, right? You know what I mean? There was no feedback there. They just weren't prepared in any way. And I think part of that that's intimidating is that people just, they want to have a really good question, a provocative question. What advice do you have just to to get something out there. I mean, I, I heard How one, is, you know, which yeah. is just like, what keeps you up at night? But are there other examples you could sure. give? How is success measured? Oh, wonderful. How am I going to know I'm going to be successful in this role? Give me some information or, or help me understand how this job or this department fits into the overall success of the company. I know your company does X, Y, Z. This department, how does this contribute to that success. 
you know, I, you can ask the questions about what's the culture of the organization, but I'd much rather have, hey, I was taking a look at Glassdoor and your company site, and I see you're really enthusiastic about work-life balance. Can you tell me how that works? Right. Absolutely. So I think it's also doing your homework on the company is makes it easier to to formulate what that provocative question might be. So. Not only on the company, but really look at the job description. Job descriptions give you a wealth of information. Take, print out the job description and take a yellow highlighter and highlight the pieces of that job description. And again, this applies whether it's an encore career, a gig project, a new job, a pivot, no matter what you're doing, it applies. But just take your yellow highlighter and highlight those keywords right. that really kind of sing to you. Right. Well, and I'm looking here, Peggy, people are singing their praises of you <laughs> on my uh, Facebook here. I'm getting a lot of comments. People are loving it. Great tips. One of the questions that I have for you is just um, here, there was actually a comment about certain tools to help people with spell check and so forth. So there's something called Grammarly. Is that a tool that you've used or there's others that you would recommend? I have not used it, but I also grew up with a mother that would redline everything. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I have to tell you guys a funny story. After my mom died, my sister and I were cleaning out her apartment and taking care of everything. And I found a book on the bookshelf. It was the Tom Brokaw, the great, I think it was Tom Brokaw, the greatest generation. And as I opened the book, she had redlined the grammar <laughs> and typos. I should have sent that to the author. Oh my gosh, Tom Brokaw is probably really thrilled with that. Oh my goodness. But Grammarly is good. But again, you know, use your own common sense too. Just spell check in word is right. incredibly useful the grammar checking in word is incredibly useful right um I, I do think that you need to also reread it though you know a lot of times people do a spell checker and then they don't reread it and there's still things that are not quite correct um that kind of thing so you have to you know give it your gut give it to too. a friend you know this is the what was the show you know phone a friend Give it to a friend and get a fresh set of eyes looking at it. Right. I also think that might help. I mean, just my two cents, but in your about statement, like, is this interesting to you? Am I, you know, you know, this is obviously where you provide guidance, Peggy, too. But I think even just the concept of showing someone else, someone you trust, a mentor, someone you respect. Hey, take a look at this. Is this telling my story? Is this giving you what I'm my superpower? Are you getting all that? You know, kind yeah, of thing. So I think yeah. that's really, really helpful. I do so see one of the, the isolating, the, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I do see in the chat, um, a good LinkedIn profile should include contact information too. To a certain degree, a recruiter can find you on LinkedIn and contact you through LinkedIn messaging. That being said, if you make your contact information, your phone number, your birth date, I really don't recommend putting your birth date out there, by the way. Um, your email address, things like that. Other people can contact you too. So be a little bit cautious. If you're in the job search, absolutely put your email address out there. I would hesitate on your phone number. They okay. want it, they can message you and get it. Right. And, and recruiters have different access than the general public does on okay. LinkedIn. So they can see different things and they're able to get in touch with you. I know uh, the last thing I want is to get pummeled with uh, phone calls as well as emails, because I do find that LinkedIn, you get a mixed bag in terms of the people who are reaching out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Peggy, let me tell you, you know, so one of the things that I feel like people have a really hard time with, I guess, and maybe it's partly the superhero and the elevator pitch, the one minute, but I feel like when you're in the job search, you got to be able to brag about yourself. You have to be able to talk in a smooth manner and be able to convey who you are and why you're the best person for the job. So how do people do that without sounding arrogant? What are the tips? You know, how do you get people to to be able to tell that story? It's a great question. And I think we as human beings are kind of programmed to be more modest and it's hard to brag about ourselves. But two things, if you can't sell yourself, nobody else can. You know yourself, but if you start with what you're passionate about, it leads to a far more authentic conversation. You know, you know, I'm awesome. I'm great. Oh, gag me. Um, I so, love so to you, connect you people to information. Saying I'm so awesome. That's not probably going to do it. <laughs> no, probably not. But if you start with saying something like, I am passionate about, or a story of how did you get into this in the first place? What drove you to this place in your life, in your career? That makes the conversation a whole lot easier. Right. I feel like when, at least in my experience in interviewing people and getting to know them, and even now with the client experience and working with agents and brokers, I feel like I always want to make a personal connection. I feel like that feels really important to me. Is that something that you would recommend that people incorporate in terms of connecting in the job search? One million percent. Um, you know, you can look at somebody's profile on LinkedIn. You can see, oh, do we have friends in common? Do we have connections in common? Did we go to the same college? Do we have some of the same volunteer? You know, somebody's maybe a Girl Scout leader. Well, you know, Girl Scouts was a very foundational thing in my childhood. Find ways that you can connect that are beyond what shows up on your resume. Right. I think I do think it's so important. And it just it makes, you know, from, from my perspective, I feel like it's helped me retain my business because that's how, who I am and what I do and how I enjoy it. But I also think who doesn't really want to make a connection and obviously you want the work done, but wouldn't you rather work with someone that you can connect with and like as well? Well, the intent is to create a conversation as opposed to an interrogation. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And, you know, you can, one of the things I always coach my clients on when they're getting ready to interview, have you looked up the person you're interviewing on LinkedIn? Have you Googled them? You'll be surprised at what you can find. Right. Now, some people don't have a lot of information on LinkedIn. That's okay. But if you don't try, you don't know. Right. Absolutely. I think it's definitely worth putting the time in. So I just want to remind everybody we are live. Um, I see a lot of people watching live with us. If you have a question or comment, you can put it right in the chat box. Both Peggy and I can see it and we would love to hear from you. Uh, You can also love it or like it or share it, anything you'd like to do uh, to get more information out there. So Peggy, one of my favorite things, I feel like I have a list of Peggy-isms, like things that I like, you know, that you say, connecting the dots, all these different components. But one of the favorite things that you've taught me is what is an encore career? Like, what does that mean? How is that different or the same as anything else? Can you just tell everybody what is an encore career and how yeah, does somebody I'm, find that? Yeah, especially as we get a little older, you, you know, you're 
kind of done working full time. I am done with the 60 hour weeks, but I want to be busy and I want to be relevant. So, you know, for me, this is how I got into coaching. So I did when I left my last job, I put together a marketing plan. I identified, you know, what is it I want to do? It took a couple of years to get here and that's okay. Um, but I put career search coaching as one of the things I wanted to do. And I had been a client of LHH and now I moved into this. So it felt very natural to me. But you want to start thinking about what are the things that you're passionate about? What do you care about? Is it animal shelters? Is it uh, children's education? Is it human welfare? Is it, you know, there's a lot of different things you can think about. And an encore career does not necessarily mean paid. It could be volunteer. Right. But if you're going to volunteer your time, make it something that you care about. Right. I have one client who retired from Kaiser Permanente, and she is helping the Audubon Society with some of the stuff they're doing in terms of bird watching and counting birds and, and wow. nature. And had she ever done anything like that before? It was just nope. an interest. It was just an interest. So She's also she... interested in, oh. in volunteering for hospice agencies, which wow. by the way, those are people that are the closest thing there are to angels on this earth. Right. But, you know, think about what you care about and look at that. There's a ton of resources on AARP. And if you just Google Encore Careers, you will find all kinds of things. Look at nonprofits that might be, you know, part of things that you're interested in. Right. Does that answer your question, Erin? It really does. I mean, I, I think I thought about there, you know, you, you meet this person and she's interested in birds and she wants to get connected. I mean, are they taking and willing to train with her showing and demonstrating that passion or does she have to show some sort of experience? Like, how does it work in terms of matching with these opportunities? I think it depends. You know, you want to start to think about what are you good at doing and what are you passionate about and how do you bring those two things together? So if you start to think about, um, she was a project manager. Mm -hmm. So could she help the Audubon Society improve their processes? Absolutely. So transferable skills. See, we're learning here. We're learning. So transfer your skill to just a different industry. And then you have the opportunity to get exposure and learn. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So Peggy, you've had a fantastic dynamic career, right? And you're you getting to do what you're passionate about now, help people connect the dots and help them with their career search. If you were to look back on your 30 years old self, other than maybe still being in the snow, I don't know what, what year you got out here, but beyond that, you know, if you were to look back and give yourself some good advice, what would you say to your 30 year old self? First, always contribute to your 401k. <laughs> number one, Seriously. Number one, Seriously. Yes plan for the future because you are going to retire at some point. Don't live paycheck to paycheck, save, which thankfully I've done fairly well. Um, and be deliberate in what you're doing. Don't just let happenstance happen. Try to be as planful and thoughtful as you can so that you think about your next moves. I was on a call just a few minutes ago with a client that I'm working with and she's got a new job. She just started two weeks ago, 
but she's already starting to think about what's the next evolution of her career and how does she position herself now for something that might happen in five years. Right. So be thoughtful and planful. Don't just be reactive. Right. I feel like that's such good advice, Katie, because I feel like, again, you know, we let a lot of things just happen to us. Oh, I was there, right place, right time. I created this, you know, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's not something you're fulfilled with. So be mindful of what you really be mindful. want to do. And, and, but don't also close yourself off to those possibilities because sometimes that stuff you just kind of happen into can be the best thing in the world that ever happened to you. True enough, true enough. So, you know, every time I've gotten laid off several times in my career, and, you know, it happens. We live in the Bay Area. It happens. Um, and I've always found that as devastated as I was at being laid off, the next thing that came along was even better. Right. No, for sure. Sometimes it's the opportunity. It's the, it's the kick you need to do something better, the inspiration to do something better. You know, it made and me- be, be your own best advocate. Yeah. You know, Peggy, one of the things that I was thinking when you were talking about that is, a lot of times people get kind of down in the dumps, like I've lost my position or gosh, I gave so much of my heart and soul to that company or that project. And now, you know, they, they didn't care Cut so much loose. about <laughs> feeling down, right? I'm old news. How do you get people to, to be positive and get out of the doldrums, you know, when you're coaching them to the next step? You, it's the tape you play in your head. If you tell yourself you're going to suck at an interview, I guarantee you, you're going to suck at an interview. <laughs> If you can start to change that tape in your head and say, you know what, I have some value and I have good things to offer and here's what they are, you're going to do far better. Just a real quick story. My dad was in World War II and he was a Marine on the ground in the Pacific and saw things that no human being should ever experience. And he came back, he decided there was nothing in, that life could throw at him that would be worse than what he'd already survived. And he would come back from what you and I would consider be a horrible day. And his mindset was, it just wasn't one of my better days. Right. And that's how I try to live my life. And yeah, you can feel the emotions and go up and down, especially if you've been laid off or if you've been out of work for a while, but really try to control that tape in your head get a support system, get, you know, go out to people that you've worked with in the past, especially ones that you had a good connection with and ask them to tell you what are the best things about you that they saw. Get that third party input. Right. I definitely think that's great advice. And I feel like that's something that's difficult when people are in the job search for sure. So it is very hard. So Peggy question for you. So for my audience, you've been Fantastic today, obviously providing such good guidance. I know some people may want to get in touch with you to ask further questions or get a consultation. What's the best way to reach you? Either reach out to me on LinkedIn and include a note, please, okay. so I know where you're coming from. Um, uh, that's probably the best way to reach me. Okay. And, and on I LinkedIn, it's just your name, Peggy. Yeah, Wolf. just my name, Peggy Wolf. Um, and I'm connected with Aaron. So if you go onto Aaron's friends list, you can find me that way too. Perfect. That's the easiest way. Cause I'm thinking there might be one or two Peggy Wolfs on LinkedIn. So make sure that you, you get the career talent coach, Peggy, message her and get more information. Peggy, you are amazing. You are an incredible person. When we talk about connecting the dots, you are so good at helping people make connections. You personally have connected me with so many 
people that are wonderful, just like you. I feel like you get connected with people who are similar to the person connecting you to them. And I've just met so many wonderful people in knowing you and you bring amazing advice and feedback. And I would encourage anyone who's in the job search right now to reach out to Peggy and uh, tap into yeah, her. Yeah, I take, I take on private clients, um, you know, and we could discuss pricing and stuff as I get a better sense of what you're looking for. Sounds wonderful, Peggy. Thank you so much for joining today. Uh, for everyone, you can like us on uh, Facebook. We're also going to be on LinkedIn and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and like. Uh, give Peggy a comment because she's absolutely amazing. Be sure to share this interview with anybody who is in the job search who could use uh, some help and guidance from Peggy. She was absolutely wonderful today. Thank you, Peggy. Have a great day. And thank you, everyone. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to This is 65. Please subscribe to the Black Point Insurance YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow me, Erin Ackenheil, on LinkedIn and Facebook. See you next time.